coaching is not a magic pill. It really is a collaboration with someone who can help guide you to really think through your challenges. And then really, what do you want your life to be like professionally and personally? This is Lead with Culture. I'm Kate Volman, and on this episode, we're talking about the benefits of coaching. The best leaders in the world are incredible coaches because they know their number one role is to help their people grow. They also love getting coached. Today, people need a coach way more than they need a manager. We need to be held accountable, and we need to hold our teams accountable to fulfill the mission of their role and the organization. I chatted with Floyd's senior coach, Michelle Marquis, about all of this and more. We hope you enjoy the conversation. I am very much looking forward to our conversation today on your favorite topic, all about the benefits of coaching. What does coaching actually do uh, for leaders? And right before we hit record, Michelle and I were talking about, there's this article that I was reading in the Harvard Business Review, and it was talking about how companies get training and development wrong. And the way that they do that is because they're really looking at training and development as on the, when it comes to the, like your PL, your balance sheet, you're looking at it as an expense. You're looking at it as I'm paying for coaching or I'm paying for a training for somebody to come in and do like a leadership training with my team. And that is seen as an expense when really, if we don't have great people, if we're not developing our people, then how are we expected to really grow the business? How are we expected to make sure that people are getting better? They're getting better at their decision-making. They're getting better at their team building and communication and trust and all of those things. And, and if we can't do that and we can't create that great culture and make sure that everyone's fulfilling the mission, we're really not going to go anywhere as an organization. And so I thought that was an, it was an interesting article really talking about the perception of when we're looking at what you're investing in, what you're purchasing, what you're spending your money on, and how training and development for so many organizations kind of is the first to go, or they view it as kind of an extra, a bonus, instead of something that should be a high priority. An investment, right? I mean, you bring on these people for their expertise, right? What they know, what they can bring to the organization. It's like so many job descriptions. They're all about like, this is what I want you to do, but they never talk about how I want you to do it. So it's just as important when you think about training and development to really focus in on the how, the how you expect people to work in their role within the organization. So it's funny you say that because I was reading some stuff about coaching too, that so many more companies are bringing on coaching into their organization and mostly for high potentials, right? They want to invest in those people. So to your point, looking at it as an investment in upgrading their software and doing things like that, they're investing in their assets. So if they start to shift their mindset that people are their greatest asset and really looking at what am I doing to maintain, right? That great asset and grow, grow from there. 
I love that we're seeing that that more leaders are investing in coaching and development because that's exactly what it is, right? And and it is more those high potential people. If you looked at your organization and you had to kind of classify where people were, <laughs> kind of like those A players, those B players, when you hire someone and you see the potential in them, it's up to you as a leader to say, oh, I'm going to help them get there. Absolutely. Right? Like I think so many people, so many people don't necessarily see their superpower. They don't necessarily see right. the what they're really strong at. And that is what a coach does. That is what a leader does is they get to kind of push that person out of their comfort zone a little bit and help them think about their skills, their strategies, how they are looking at growth and development. And that's really what coaching does. Coaching allows for that. It allows that space to really under understand and uncover, hey, what am I really, really good at? What are the things that I'm really challenged with? And then those things that you're challenged with, what am I going to do to improve? What am I going to do to get better? And together with your coach and with your leader, with everyone on the team, you kind of get to work together on that. It is shifting that mindset of how one of our clients, we talk about it all the time. I love that one of our clients said to us one day, we asked him, why do you invest in coaching? And bottom line, he said, I invest in coaching because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for my people. They need to grow. They need to get better. And coaching right. is the, the way to do that. And I thought that's an amazing response, right? It's the Absolutely. right thing to do for your people. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, again, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today. And what really, what coaches are for executives or, you know, again, C-suite level business, even, you know, leaders, leaders that you care about is we're really, it's, it's your thought partner because I was actually did a list of all the people that I've done executive coaching with executive or business coaching for entrepreneurs specifically. They don't have the time to think about what they're doing. Mm right? They're just going, oh, well, I have my plan and I'm just going to do my plan. And then the year's over and they stick their head up and go, oh, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> so I'm going through that right now, right? It's January. It's sort of the fresh start beginning of the year. So succession planning is one that I've been talking a lot about. So what's next? Like, who's your successor? And they're like, oh, I haven't thought about that. But the other side note to that, as I'm having these conversations is one of them made a comment that by participating in coaching myself, I'm naturally developing a more coaching style, which I thought was oh, yeah. an interesting I love that. side benefit of coaching, right? So you become yes. more aware of your own communication style and how to really motivate people and grow people because coaching grows people because you don't just give them the answer. Oh my gosh, yes. And and I love that that's what they told you because it, it is true, right? Because what happens with great coaches, great coaches ask incredible questions. Absolutely. That is what they do. That is kind of their role, right? Like yep. you have to take all the data that you get from someone that you're talking to and you get to decide, what am I going to ask them that helps them shift their mindset, think a little bit differently about a challenge because they've been in their head for so long thinking about it. It's they can't find the solution, but right. they have it. They, they usually do. know what it is. We just have to get them thinking differently. And that's by asking great questions. So when you start doing that, they notice it after the fact, when they're talking to one of their, with one of their team members, when they're talking to even their, their family members, Absolutely. their friends, their colleagues, 
yes. you think, oh my gosh, Michelle asked me this great question. And then you can use that same question. And uh, so that's what I love about it. And hey, building a dynamic culture, principle number six in the culture solution is create a coaching culture, Absolutely. right? So if you're getting coached and now you're creating that coaching culture of asking great questions and really pushing people to grow, you're going to see it expand in in the rest of the organization. So I, I love that the client was so aware that that was even happening, Yeah, right? Like that shows a lot of self-awareness too, that he might not have seen prior to to getting coached. Yeah. Another thing that you just said is most of the time when I'm doing executive and business coaching, the conversation shifts to culture. Because again, culture is one of those things like where is that on the balance sheet? Where is that represented right in the strategic plan? Hardly ever. That more than anything sparks such great aha moments for some of these leaders. It's like, oh, I never thought about that. And oh, wow, I wonder what we are doing. I need to talk to <laughs> HR. I need to talk. And then they bring it up and it, it's incredible. I had one, one client in particular, you know, I said, well, it all starts with your mission. What's your mission? And he read this paragraph and he goes, well, I guess that's not such a great mission, is it? It's kind of, you know, but I go, yeah. So if you can get that succinctly, you know, messaged, right? Get it to the point where everyone knows your mission if you just start with that, and it took almost six months for them to wordsmith it down to something that they could all rally around. But now they're doing it, and they have they have really just catapulted into such a different, I'll say, intentional plan to build a dynamic culture within their organization. And it started with that one thought. So. That's so awesome. Let's go back to what you talked about with the time to think. Because the leaders, right, it's it's the leader's role to have that vision, like they're painting that vision right. of where the company is going. And then, of course, making sure that everyone on the team knows the mission, knows the values, knows what their role responsibilities are. You know, how many people do we talk to that are just putting out fires every day and they just feel like, oh my gosh, I get in the office at 830 and by the time I leave, I'm thinking, what have I even done? What have I accomplished? And I love that you keep saying the word intentional, right? Like we have to be intentional about our day. We have to be intentional about how we're structuring our day. It's like we know what we need to do, right? Like we know how to be efficient. We know how to be productive. We know we shouldn't have to-do lists with thousands of things on them, yet we still do it. So yeah. it's almost like you need that person to hold you accountable, but we also need that time that is dedicated and focused on just thinking and also a third-party person that has no agenda. Right. They just do not care which way to which direction you go because ultimately that's not their role. Their role is just to help you decide which direction you want to go. And to be able to take an hour or two hours every month is huge. It doesn't seem like it's that long, but it is when you don't ever do it. That's right. And when you know that you're meeting with that person. So talk a little bit about that. The, uh, just the importance of giving yourself that space and time once a month to have a coach and what that experience is really like for someone. Time equals energy, right? Where are you putting your energy? So many of these busy executives, it's a, I'd say number one or number two topic always. And it gets down to priorities. We talk about, so one of the first exercises I have them do is I want you to pull up your calendar and I want you to really look at where you spent your time for one month. 
And so many executives, they don't do that, right? They're just trudging along, doing, 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 doing. And I'm like, okay, so is that where you wanted to spend your time? How efficient was that? How productive was that? And so many, just that one question, right? That one exercise, they go, wow, not only am I wasting my time, I'm wasting other people's times with meetings, with mm. what comes out of that is, you know, why am I not delegating more? Why are you spending your time in that, in those areas? That alone, we could just talk about for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that alone, because that translates into where's your think time? Where's your think time on your calendar? And I literally, in between sessions, so say we meet twice a month, I'll say, okay, next week when we're not meeting, I want you to schedule an hour for yourself to just think about all the things that we've talked about. And that, that alone helps people so much because they don't have, how many executives, I'll, I'll throw it out, how many executives have think time on their calendar? Not many. And it's so important. It's that, you know, again, pull your head up and really look, look and see what you're doing. What are people doing? You know, again, I, I can't say it enough. That's probably number one, number two. In terms of yeah. what, you know, executives, when we talk about time and then their energy, and then that leads to priorities. What are your priorities? Because we all have the same amount of time. As Matthew says, we all get 24 hours. You get to pick. What are you going to put your time and energy into? As we're talking about think time, I'm thinking about Bill Gates and how he has his think week, right? Like he actually goes into... He goes into like a cabin somewhere, like this remote location, yeah. and he doesn't bring technology. He doesn't have a phone. He just goes and he brings books and articles and magazines and just things that he wants to. And then he, yeah. he just gives himself that time to think about, hey, what's the future look like? What do we need to do? What do I really need to focus on? And I love that idea of that think week and for us to be able to just put it into our calendar and know that it's valuable. I think that's a challenge that a lot of people have is that if think time is on our calendar, it's an easy thing to let go of. It's an easy thing that when someone says, I really need to meet with you, do you have time? And we say, yeah, sure. And they, the block of time that they had for think time is now in another meeting or a phone call. They let it go. Whereas if that was actually an, a meeting, a call that you had with someone, you're not going to reschedule that. You're not going to cancel that. That's right. And so we have to give that the same priority that we would other things on our calendar if we really expect to move forward. What I love what you said too, Michelle, about the think time is only by doing that can we kind of highlight some of the tasks and activities we might be doing that are unnecessary. How many organizations and people and leaders are doing things just because we've always done it. We don't revisit after a year or two years. Is this still the right way to do That's it? A great you know, point. Our team That's has great... grown. Mm -hmm. Things have shifted in the business. Is this still the most effective way to have this meeting or to run this program or whatever it is in your business? We kind of set it and forget it. Right. But yeah. we have to have that time as well to kind of look at the business and see what has changed and if there are things that we need to maybe stop doing. Yeah. I have one executive who actually they've uh, recommended this. It hasn't happened yet, but they're looking at on Fridays, no meetings across the whole organization. This is a big organization, like literally making it a rule. This is really starting to happen because 
you can't just keep doing, doing, doing and not step back and think, you know, again, yeah. have setting aside that time to really focus. And to your point about making that sacred time, you know, and not letting someone, you know, impinge on that is with coaching, you have plans, right? You create action plans. You, you know, one of the first things we say is, okay, well, what do you want to accomplish? What are your two or three goals that you want to get done this year? So by creating that, that action plan, you have specific things you have to get done, right? So when you're not meeting and talking and thinking through things, that following week is when you get some of those things done. So again, they have a strategy to, to go walk through this process. And I think that's another thing that I know the executives like, you know, mm -hmm. because then they get back into that do mode because they view thinking as like a luxury. Yes. It's yes. Not. No, it's so important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what I love about. Well, I mean, look, coaching is it, it gives you that uh, it has somebody that is asking you those great questions to consider all of the things that we've been talking about, right? Like, how are you spending your time? What are you yeah. doing? What are your priorities? Get you back on track and then hold you accountable, hold right? You. In the Culture Solution, Matthew talks about the, the two reasons why things don't get done in any organization is one, we don't have clearly defined written expectations. Mm -hmm. So that's like step one, we got to identify those priorities that right. we are working towards. And then number two, we're not holding each other accountable. That's right. So if you don't have anyone holding you accountable, then you're less likely to do it. You're going to take that thing time off your calendar. And so when you know you have a coach and someone that's going to say, hey, did you do the thing you said you were going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets back to that definition of insanity, right? Doing the same yeah. thing over and over and expecting different results. When I had a coaching client yesterday said to me, because I, I kept challenging her on things and she looked at me and she goes, I know when my habits change, my life will change. And I'm like, Yep. And then we, that started a whole conversation about discipline. I go, why do you think people are successful? Those people that, again, you, you, we hold them out and we say they're, they've been successful. Give me, you know, two or three attributes that you feel they have. And discipline was number one. Mm. And discipline yep. is just habits. It's making the best, creating the best habits for your life, no doubt. And again, going back to, you know, creating think time having a coach. Those are good habits. Those are just good habits. And I feel like those that have used coaching year after year after year, those are the ones that they're like, I can't, I have to have a coach. They've created that habit for themselves. And it's a healthy one because coaching not only talks about the professional side of your life, but it seeps into the personal side of your life as well, right? Because we're not two different people. We're one person. I had one coaching client. She owns a small business. She's owned it for 10 years, very successful. And we started coaching because she wanted to really get more intimate with her business. She wasn't sleeping. I'm like, how many hours of sleep do you get? Like five hours. She's exhausted all the time, totally burnt out. So I said, okay, well, time out. <laughs> Let's talk about how you can get more sleep in your life. It's that personal professional. And we worked on that for about six months. And now she just had a big aha moment about three months ago and says, I don't like managing people. I'm wow. in my business and I don't, I like doing the business, but I don't like managing people. So she just hired an operations manager to handle the business aspect Ugh. of it. But that took a year. 
it's not a magic pill. Coaching is not a magic pill. It really is a collaboration with someone who can help guide you to really think through your challenges. And then really, what do you want your life to be like professionally and personally? Because again, the work-life balancing, right? Every executive I've ever talked to, it's like, I don't have any balance in my life. I, I need to spend more time with my wife, my kids. How do I do that and still be my best self? It's amazing, you know, what coaching can bring in all different. I mean, every single one of my clients, they're all different, but they're all the same. They all want the yes. same thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so true. It's like how most organizations think, no, 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 no. We're so different than any, every other company. We have a bigger challenge than every company. Oh, yeah. No, it's the same. That's why all of these books are so popular because they say the same thing. Like even that one client that you just mentioned, I immediately thought of the book, The E-Myth, right? Like by Mar Michael Gerber, because it's the typical, oh, just because you love to bake, doesn't mean you should open a bakery. Maybe you don't like doing all these other pieces, but if you don't like doing all these other pieces, then you need to find that person that does enjoy doing that. But if you're going, going, going all the time and you're not even thinking about that, I mean, think about how many other opportunities, how many different directions you can go, how many different choices you can make, but you don't see them. Right. You just literally don't see them because you're so in the business, yes. you say, this is the direction, this is what, where I started, this is the challenge, and you just keep hitting your head against the wall because you're trying things just aren't working, but you didn't even consider something completely outside of. And that's what I love about some of these aha moments is that it's easy for a third-party person. It's why we love giving advice, but we're bad at taking our own advice, right? Because <laughs> right. we see someone else's challenge as, oh, I very clearly see what's happening in Michelle's world. And I can maybe ask some questions to help her uncover or see some of the things that I see that she's not seeing. But Michelle doesn't see it because you're you're in it. Yeah. You're way too in it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I really love that. So energy and time and and really helping to see and explore some of those opportunities. What do you feel are some of the more common reasons that people are considering having a coach, especially those that have never had a coach before. And they're thinking, what is this coaching thing? These are some of the challenges. What are some other kind of big challenges that you're seeing executives dealing with today? Well, obviously it's retaining and attracting people. Mm -hmm. That's probably number one right now. How do I grow my culture? A lot of the people that I talk to, they already have a great culture. However, how can I bring it to the next level? Like, what are some yeah. of the things out there? And it's so funny because one client said to me, he had heard about us, right? So it was a referral. And he said, you know, when we first met, he goes, just tell me what to do. <laughs> just tell me what to do. And I was like, okay. So then I pivoted to, you know, asking him a bunch of questions about his culture and what's going on and his biggest challenges and what he felt like. What were his priorities and what did he want to see? What did he want to be different one year from now? Because that's another really great coaching question, right? Yeah. And it makes people pause and go, oh, like, you know, the magic wand question is always a good one too. If I gave you a magic wand and, you know, next year could be everything you want it to be, what's that look like? And that really helps them to take inventory of what have they, you know, what's been keeping them up at night? Like, what are the things that always like bubble up as a problem? Oh, some of the other ones are, these are 
owners of businesses and they're going to hand it over to their children. So we get a lot of that. Also, it's like, how do I do that? I'm afraid to walk away. You know, like, yeah. like, what do I need? What do I need to make sure is in place so that I can walk away and feel good that they are, they're ready. I start with coaching with them and then coach the, I'll call it the incumbent, right? The person that's coming up to take over. Because that, yeah. that brings on a whole different dynamic. It's great that they're smart enough to reach out. They're looking for a plan. And that's a lot of self-awareness right? It's self-awareness knowing, hey, this is going to be a little challenging. We see when people walk away from a business, especially family-owned business, when somebody's supposed to walk away, right? Like quote unquote, walk away and they don't. And that causes some conflict with the person taking over and the person leaving. So there's definitely some conflict that when you have a third-party person can can help it become healthy conflict and not toxic conflict. That's right. That's right. It's a process. In fact, one of my clients came up with a, you know, trusted advisor role. So again, that's her way of walking away, but still being involved. So she's created a job description for herself as a trusted advisor to the person that's going to take over. So instead of attending the meeting every single week, she's starting to back off and attending every other week. It's a process and it's a very intentional way right? Of managing what's about to happen. Oh, process. We don't like that. Michelle, we don't like process because that takes time and we want things to happen tomorrow. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. No doubt. So I would love for you to share a couple of your favorite kind of high level questions. So for for the listeners that are thinking, I need some think time, I'm going to sit down and think about the next year of the business. What are some questions that you think are really great for some leaders to consider right now? So I always like to end the year with a good reflection question. Think about what are you most excited about or proud of accomplishing in 2022? You mean we're supposed to take time and acknowledge (laughs) the work that we've done, Michelle? That just is crazy talk. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Another favorite I'll say is, so for 2023, what do you want to start doing? Thinking about what happened last year. What do you want to stop doing and what do you need to keep doing? I think just that one question produces a whole lot of, opportunity. How do you want this year to be different than last year? And then talk about in those areas, right? And for an executive, revenue, people, process, products, look at your organization at a high level and just how do you want this year to be different than last year? And that'll start to highlight for you where some of your priorities need to be. Yeah. And even just that question of what are your top three priorities personally, and what are your top three priorities professionally? You could do this regardless. If you're listening to this when we're recording it in January, great, but it could be the middle of the year and you could still ask these questions of what is it that is most important? And then from there, you get to decide, how am I going to structure my day around the work, around the priorities? And I love Matthew's quote. It's one of my favorite quotes from Matthew Kelly when he said, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and we underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. And I think when we're thinking about 
leadership and building a culture. Like Michelle said, it's it's not an overnight thing. It doesn't happen quickly. It happens over time. And when we're thinking about our priorities, that is one of the things that we see is that so many people we have, there's so much on the list of things to do this year that much of it doesn't get done because we're not focused on the right things. And so when we can really be focused and recognize, hey, this year, this is the process. And I think having somebody that helps you, helps remind you that, hey, it's a process. It's all right. Just keep showing up. Keep doing That's the right. work. Do do the things that you know you need to do and the results will happen. And having that time to reflect on that is really important. All right. I love those questions. Michelle, anything else you want to add around coaching and what leaders need to be thinking about for themselves and their team? Oh boy. I feel like if nothing else, really think about how are you investing in growing your people? Just take a take an inventory right now. How are you investing in growing your people? If coaching isn't one of those things, then it should be considered for sure. I mean, I just saw Amazon is now providing coaches for their frontline workers. So coaching is really hot right now. It is one of those things that, again, can't be duplicated. You know, I just read somewhere else, Xerox did a study and the impact of, you know, they they put a lot into training, right? A lot of dollars, a lot of investment. What they found was when they included follow-up coaching, the productivity increase of the training or the effectiveness of the training increased 81%. Wow. What does that tell you about coaching? It's like anything else. You read a book and you remember it for that those couple days. And then what? It kind of fades back. It gets filed back here. But if you have a coach that's ongoing, that's reminding you of those key points of the book, that will become and turn into habits for them. Yeah. More productive, more effective. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. I love yeah. it. Well, we will definitely have more conversations around this because I feel like we could talk so much. I mean, that that opens up a whole other door of, you know, why why coaching just as far as the development of someone as a whole person, right? Like, what does that look like? And helping them not only get better for the organization, but just become a better human being and a better person like while they're there and if they decide to leave. I mean, coaching really is such a gift that we get to give to people when you are a leader. And hey, coaches need coaches and coaches love coaching. So great people love to get coached because great people really want to grow. That's right. Michelle asked some great questions today. So hopefully you'll take some think time this week to ask some of those questions. Do it, do it, do it, <laughs> do it. You won't regret it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope there was at least one idea from today's conversation that sparked your interest enough to take action. What is one step you're going to take to become a better coach? And maybe you need a coach. If you are interested in learning more about Floyd's coaching experiences, go to floydcoaching.com. And if you're enjoying our podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating and write a review. It really does help so other people can find the show. You are awesome. And as always, until next time, lead with culture.